Welcome to another episode of English 2.0 Podcast, the podcast where we take ambitious students like yourself and we aim to help you become fluent English speakers, global communicators, and real-world English 2.0 performers. If that sounds like you, well, you have found the right place and thank you for joining us. Today we're going to take on episode five of the Real Chat series. Now, Real Chat, of course, is where we feature a conversation, a discussion, sometimes a debate, in where I or uh, perhaps a few people have a discussion about a particular topic, and we let it flow as naturally as possible so that you have the opportunity to hear very natural language, as well as vocabulary, expressions. You can hear natural pronunciation, intonation, pacing, all of that. So that's why we do Real Chat. And I hope you go back and check out the first four episodes. We had some really, really good episodes. And today is no exception. Today, I have a chat with a friend of mine named Warren. Now, Warren is an instructor at a university in Hiroshima, Japan. And he will uh, talk a little bit more about that himself as we get into the chat and he introduces himself. And, you know, I've known Warren for a few years now, um, and we have talked actually a lot about very interesting topics like philosophy, language, linguistics, uh, topics that we are both very interested in and somewhat have a little bit of expertise in, in terms of the language and linguistics part of it. So we've had some back and forth in the past, we'll say a few years ago, particularly through the uh, application called Periscope, which I've mentioned here before. And so I wanted to have Warren on today so we, where we could talk to more directly and see if we could you know, hash out some ideas, maybe see if we could pick up a little bit of a disagreement that we've had. So if, I, if you hear me talking about uh, our past conversation, that's what we're talking about Um you don't need that to, to listen to this one, but that's what I'm referencing. Now, today's talk ran a little long, so I've decided to divide it into two separate episodes. So you're going to hear part one today, and then part two I'll release in a few days from now. We can hear the, the conclusion to our talk. So this is the introduction, and we talk a lot about... Warren's background um, and how he got into Buddhism, as well as philosophy, linguistics. And we talk about those things, and it gets a little bit heavy. So, you know, if, if it's hard to, you know, concentrate or, you know, take in all the vocabulary words, that's fine. Um, I've, I've mentioned or I've, I should say I've noted them down in the show notes. So you definitely want to look at the show notes for this episode before you listen and try to look up some of the words beforehand. You don't need all of them, but a lot. there's going to be a lot of new vocabulary words in this episode and a lot of challenging vocabulary words that deal with philosophical terms. Okay, So I want you to become a little bit familiar with those, but it's extremely interesting. If you find this episode interesting, then you definitely, definitely want to listen to part two, um, where we get into more about language and how that affects our understanding of the world as well. And 
in philosophy in general. All right. So let's get into the interview or not interview. It's more of a discussion. And I was hoping to have it to be uh, kind of a light debate. And I'll save it for you guys to determine if there was uh, uh, kind of a debate going on here. But I hope you enjoy this talk. And I'll come back at the end to wrap things up. But without further delay, here is Real Chat episode number five with Warren. All right, so I'd like to welcome Warren Tang to the podcast. Welcome, Warren. How are you today? Hi, Al. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us um, on this episode of Real Chat. And could you first tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are? Okay, so uh, I'm in, I live in Hiroshima. Uh, I've been here for uh, about 18 years now, I think. Yeah, it's, it's 18 years. It's going on to 19, I think. Wow. wow. Um, yeah, it's been a, this is my longest uh, stint, well, uh, in, in Japan. Uh, I actually came and met my met the life love of my wife love of my life um <laughs> and uh i stayed on um and so and i've uh, been working here as an english teacher um first at junior high school elementary school as a jet and then uh moved into uh private i guess or yeah uh, just on contracts uh before i um went back to um, a master's program here in Hiroshima at the at Hiroshima University and then um, just stayed on um, and got myself into a into into university position here okay. Okay. awesome so you're teaching um, English or linguistics or what are you teaching actually uh, at the university I teach both um, mainly English um when i need to do linguistics i do um we do um at the high level we do it for um school teachers we actually do uh, licensing license programs here also so at least once a year we do uh we 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 do i do linguistics um course mm-hmm. uh, okay awesome well it's funny uh i it's funny how much we have in, <laughs> um, uh, related because, uh, yeah, I, my stay in Japan ended up being about 18 years and I stayed much for the same reasons that you did. So, <laughs> um, although I did, um, I finished up my last two years at, um, Jose university. Um, so cool. Yeah. Um, and you also have a lot of experience with, uh, Buddhism, right? Ah uh, yes. So when I was in at university in Australia as an undergrad, I um, I actually quit uh, university for a year. I took a year off. Uh, took a gap year, I guess you can call it that, um, and um, checked myself into a, a Japanese temple. Uh, a temple here. Wow. Um, actually, it started when. I started Buddhism when I was 16. Um, families, mainly Christians, uh, lapsed Christian on my mother's side. And my father is, is kind of strong, 
Uh, he, he goes to church every week. Uh, but uh, I was given a choice of what religion I want to choose. And uh, I wasn't baptized. Uh, my parents were, grew up in the, the era of flower power. So they decided that uh, choice is yours. So they gave me a choice. And uh, you can say I shopped around for, um, for a religion in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking around, seeing and studying different things like Taoism and Confucianism, and um, even looked at Islam. Um, just reading stuff, you know, yeah, whatever man. I can get my hands off and read. Yeah, so I ended up uh, in the temple. Um, it was a Zen temple, uh, a Soto Zen, if if uh, if you're familiar with the, the Zen Buddhism. Um, well, sorry to interrupt, but I, yeah, I studied a little bit. As far as I recall, what I learned, there was kind of two major types. There was Soto Zen and Rinzai Zen. Is that right? Yep. Uh, yes. Um, they're both from the same period, around the 12th and 13th century. Chinese uh, imported. Um, so, yeah, they're very, they, they, I mean, they're Zen based, but um, their approach is slightly different. That's about it. Most people don't know the difference. Japanese generally don't know <laughs> what the differences are, but um, it's it's just a matter of approach, really. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I took a course in college, um, and from what I recall, <laughs> um, one of them was you focus on a question, right? You have to answer a question, and then the other one is just more meditating on without, you know, the goal. Is that correct? Or? Uh, it's kind of is. And kind of <laughs> I know it's pretty, it's pretty simplistic. simplistic. Yeah. I mean, strictly speaking, um, Rinzai Shu uses the koan, the question, mm-hmm. it's sort of the paradox uh, as the focus while you meditate. Uh, but Soto Shu also uses, um, uses them. Um, it's just not as well known um, because they sort of, Zen basically says you can do quiet sitting as well, whereas you just empty your mind and, and it's closer to kind of yoga, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's possible. I used in my Soto Zen temple, we use koans. We use the paradoxical questions. Uh, and I am not, you know, uh, I will look at them. I do read them um, and I think about them. Um, um, not necessarily meaning that I agree that they, um, but nonetheless, it's a tool, right? Basically, they're just a tool. So. Right, right, right. And then, yeah, you're searching for enlightenment or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These days, the joke that we have on, on Periscope is uh, is uh, we're no longer looking for enlightenment. We're trying to be woke. <laughs> woke Buddhist that, that could be a whole separate, whole separate uh, episode, episode here, here. <laughs> cool well one of the major things I wanted to talk about today with you is um, philosophy because that seems to be a point of uh, connection that we've had um, so as you met, you just mentioned so that the other people listening understand is um, we met through a Periscope a live streaming app and um which unfortunately will be dying <laughs> next month. But, um, yeah, we've had a good time and we've built up a good community. But, um, yeah, we've had some good uh, back and forth on philosophy and philosophical topics. So 
Um, yeah, I thought that'd be a good thing to to discuss today. Um, so maybe if you want to um, give just a re- really quick background on on your philosophical, um, I don't know, position or where how you learned or what, yeah, whatever you want us to talk about. Okay, so um, I basically self-studied philosophy as well. Or I'm, at least I can say for me, I'm not sure. Maybe you studied at university, I don't know. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm a self-studier as well. Right. So I um, <clears throat> went through, I mean, during my search, I guess, for, for, for uh, a religion as well. Um, I was also going through lots of philosophy. Um, so I, I don't, I don't see there's a separation between philosophy and religion in that sense, or at least I would, I could say that science, philosophy, uh, religion, basically are trying to answer the same questions. That is how do we, how do we perceive the world? How should we look at the world? And, uh, as I moved on, um, I guess I saw that actually, you know, most of the Greek philosophy was actually about science, right? It's actually a science-based at, at the beginning. Um, and so, and it moved towards a more, more abstract, uh, you know, philosophical side, if you want to call it that. Um, so in reality, they're related. And, you know, we still call people, you know, you know when you do a doctor of philosophy at university, you're doing science, but you're still doing philosophy in the sense that you're trying to come to terms. With how do we, how do we understand the world? So I don't see a separation between either religion, science, or philosophy in that sense. That's 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 a starting point for me. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, again, I I never studied um, in school or. Um, like a college course or anything. Um, yeah, I just discovered it through podcasts and things like that. And um, more so from the approach of, okay, so we have science to kind of help us determine, um, you know, truth about the physical world. We've got, for example, nutrition to kind of teach us about health. <laughs> uh, and then... Or the truth about health, I guess, and then we have philosophy, which is, I guess, based on finding moral truth or more based on morality. And so, of course, it. I guess you know people tend to use the term loosely or lightly in the sense that kind of just a way of thinking or a way of approaching things. Um, but I guess how I discovered it was. Um, again, there's, you know, uh, you can drill down to like epistemology, those kind of things, um, which, um, epistemology is, um, determining truth and falsehood. Is that right? Warren? Uh, epistemology, um, knowledge, um, how, do, how do we acquire knowledge? Knowledge, knowledge yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is the nature of knowledge? So it's actually a pretty central question uh, in to, to today's topic, I think, too. So, right, right, right. right. 
So, um, so go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. So, I mean, I started philosophy on my, by myself, but at university, I did take a, I did have teachers um, who uh, took me through um, postmodernism. Mm-hmm. So I was in a period. I was in an, an age where postmodernism was was really big, especially in literature. And I actually studied uh, Japanese literature, uh, Japanese and Japanese literature as a major at university. So a lot of lot of literary theory, a lot of postmodernism was my background there. But that didn't give me a base to the philosophy, Western philosophy as such. There was a kind of you're thrown in the middle and they didn't actually give you the foundations of philosophy to start with. So I had to figure that out later on. Um, and that's, did that for, uh, for the last five, 10 years, it's particularly the last five years, ever since I got onto uh, Periscope and talking to people about this and had uh, much of an opportunity to talk to um, people who actually were interested in philosophy until mm-hmm. social media. Right, right. And that's kind of as a side note, I mean, that's been, I think, one of the great things that, you know, um, this whole new social media world is open to us is finding people with uh, similar interests and finding, finally being able to connect and discuss these things. Um, So actually, I think postmodernism is a good place to start, which kind of, I think, will flow into what we wanted to get to today. Um, So how would you... Just so we're on the same page, how would you define <laughs> postmodernism, or what what are the core uh, principles or beliefs, or wh- however you want to phrase that? Yeah, um, big question. Don't know if we got all the time to do it, but it's <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Um, I think. Um, Postmodernism can be thought of as a kind of skepticism to start with. So it doubts a lot of things. Um, so one of the things that it doubts is whether we can actually have perfect knowledge of any sort. Um, and that's sort of leading into probably where we're going to go with this, I think. Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. I, um, postmodernism, depending on... I guess most postmodernists will say that it's it's impossible. It's it's impossible, and it's necessary. It's necessary to be impossible, uh, that to think that we can actually have perfect knowledge is uh, is wishful thinking in a way for them for for postmodernists, uh, and that if we can get off if we can get off our high horses about that and just think that well knowledge is something that is 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 purely based on uh experiences and from a particular point of view from a particular person's point of view never something that can be fully shared between people then we can start talking about how we think about uh the world so i guess that's that's the starting point with postmodernism okay um now um I guess how we started sort of got into this uh discussion slash we'll call it light debate uh was um I think and again I want you to phrase it in your own words, but uh basically about objectivity, uh, subjectivity, but um I think you were saying that there's no 
such thing as perfect objectivity, or uh, but I want you to to make the claim yourself. In. Whenever we try to be objective, it's always from a subjective point of view. Now, I mean, I think we also started this conversation with um, about rationality and rationalism and how we can use rationalism to get to to a an objective view of things. Um, so since we talked about that, we, ha- we haven't talked about this in a, quite a while. Right? So, uh, <laughs> but between that and then and now, I've done a lot of reading on epistemology and uh, been working on epistemology and ontology. Um, maybe I should define those. Well, we've defined epistemology as being knowledge and how we acquire knowledge. Uh, it's a study of that. Ontology is um, a bit trickier. It's mainly related to metaphysics, which is the nature of existence. Ontology is, is kind of like a subgroup. They call it a sub 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 part of metaphysics, being um, um, what exists, what actually exists, a question of what exists, rather than actually the nature of what exists, right? Um, so I'm fully always recently I've been questioning what, what, what are the things that exist and how do we know these things exist? These are two questions, um, uh, that have bugged me for, for a good part of two years now. So, sure. mm. uh, but how do we, um, I'm not sure if I answered the question. <laughs> well, I mean, ha- have you ha- since those because it was yeah two or three years ago when we had that uh, interaction um originally but i mean has your position changed at all since then or how, what have you learned in those two years yeah okay um yeah that's probably a good way to put it so when we were talking about rationality and i think we were talking about um we were arguing uh with the, the key words or the key ideas that we were focused around were um, rationality versus empiricism and uh, the two kind of in you know um, are slightly different um, different approaches but they are nonetheless about um, they're still part of philosophy I guess uh, and two different approaches uh, also realism in terms of idealism versus uh, realism I think these 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 were we needed to sit down and talk about those two and we were having a tough time trying to agree on a definitions that we can we can use to go on these terms right so um so which is why i went back to ontology what exists and in epistemology because it was important that we got to those two terms before we actually got to rationality, realism, empiricism, etc. Right? Idealism. Now, if I'm if I understand correctly, um, so I think what we talked about before was when you were saying that there was no such thing as 100% objectivity. So, meaning that um, 
when people, as you said, when people you know, view the world around them, it's from a subjective standpoint. So there's, you know, everything that we're, you know, that we want to comment on or make a claim about is in, to some extent subjective. Is that fair? It's, yeah, I mean, if I'm to take the, look at it from the point of view of how we have that knowledge, then um, firstly, I would have to say that the, you have to have the experience first. You have to go with the sense experience first before you can actually get to the rational, the rational side of it. So when we were talking before, we skipped the step of the idea of how we get that knowledge. And I, th- I think that maybe this is where we, we need to go back to, right? Um, I can't see that we have any knowledge of the world without the sense experience. Um, you know, if, if um, it's, it's like if you shut off, if you started as life, life without any sense experience, uh, you will have no, no, no understanding of what, what the world is, including, you know, and what the world you're in. Uh, I don't like the term out there. A lot of, a lot of philosophers talk about, the inner, the inner world and the outer world. Um, it's more like you're, you're in the world. Um, you're, you're right in the smack in the middle of it. It's not inside or outside. So you're inside, you're inside that world. So. Right. Yeah. And I think I'm in agreement. So, I mean, in other words, uh, how we attain or gain knowledge is through our senses, you know, through the, through the five senses, you know, um, sight, sound, um, touch, smell, <laughs> um, see, did I, were those all five? So through the five senses, that's how we acquire knowledge, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in agreement there. So it's the next step that needs to be worried about, right? Um, is, um, uh, the, na- the rational rationality uh, and I, I fully agree we need to be we need to have that so I hope you enjoyed that episode that chat with Warren today and we're going to conclude with the second part in the next episode of Real Chat which will be Real Chat episode number 6 which I'll be releasing in a few days from now so be sure to listen to that as well which you know, we're going to get into some really interesting topics like language linguistics and how that affects our understanding of the world and philosophy as well all right so be sure to subscribe to the english 2.0 podcast if you're in itunes or apple Podcasts, just hit the subscribe button if you're in spotify or stitcher or something else then please hit the follow button and please share uh, with your friends your family your colleagues and we would appreciate that as well So I will see you very soon in a few days for the next episode of the English 2.0 podcast. And remember to always keep leveling up your learning because you will definitely level up your life.